By now, you've all heard of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, the latest book published by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. It's more than just another wine book. The fully updated second edition was inspired by students of the Vinitali International Academy and painstakingly reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. The benchmark producer's feature is a particularly important aspect of this revised edition. The selection makes it easier for our readers to get their hands on a bottle of wine that truly represents a particular grape or region. To pick up a copy, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to Masterclass U.S. Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. This show has been designed to demystify the U.S. market for Italian wineries through interviews with experts in sales and distribution, social media, communications, and so much more. We will quiz each of our esteemed guests at the end of each episode to solidify the lessons that we've learned. So sharpen your pencils, get out your notebooks, and join us each week to learn more about the U.S. market. Hello, my name is Juliana Colangelo, and I am the host of the Masterclass U.S. Wine Market, a new series on the Italian Wine Podcast. Today, I am thrilled to welcome Angela McRae to the show. Angela is a creative strategist and entrepreneur with over 20 years of experience in media, entertainment, and championing diversity. As a creative producer, Angela has worked with global brands, independent filmmakers, nonprofits, festivals, wine advocacy organizations, and wine regions on branded content, wine travel experiences, and trade-focused events. Angela launched the Wine and Culture digital publication Uncorked and Culture during COVID. The media company is a content marketing and engagement solution to the inequitable relationship between the luxury wine and travel industries with BIPOC consumers. Angela also serves as the executive director for the Association of African American Vintners. Welcome to the show, Angela. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much, Juliana. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Well, to get started, tell us a little bit more about Uncorked and Cultured. You started the company during the pandemic and have now produced multiple virtual and in-person consumer and trade events. It's so impressive what you've accomplished. So talk us through a little bit more about how you started the company and, and what you're doing today. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know, funny enough, I actually moved to New York six months before the pandemic from Los Angeles. Oh, wow. So as you can imagine, that was a huge 180 kind of like, you know, culture shock dynamic for me after living in L.A. for over 10 years and, you know, primarily immersing myself in media exclusively throughout my career. So when I first moved to to New York and I had an opportunity to travel to a few countries in Africa and ended up in Cape Town where I had a chance to visit Stellenbosch and go to that beautiful wine region there, the prestigious Stellenbosch region in South Africa, which opened my mind to uh, seeing people like myself working in the wine industry for the first time. You know, of course, living in Los Angeles, you know, I've been in Santa Barbara, you know, I've done stuff in Salvang, you know, I've done even just wine tastings around the LA area. And I never saw people that look like me. You know, I never really saw a diverse audience um, really immersed and enthusiastic about consuming wine, drinking wine, or just learning about wine. So that South Africa trip really changed my perspective on wine. And then when I got back, the pandemic hit. 
Right. <laughs> it's a whole new world. So it was like, okay, it's a whole new world. And I was isolated by myself in Manhattan, in Harlem. And um, I had to create a, a place for me to feel comfortable, a place for me to, to thrive, a place for me to, you know, protect my mental health. And, and wine had a lot to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all turned to, to wine a little bit in the pandemic. That's that's for sure. <laughs> exactly. And I actually ended up being a, a wine ambassador, which allowed me to really start doing the work and the research of wine education, learning about wine, and then, of course, connecting with people virtually over wine. And I created a Facebook group called Uncorking Culture, which really grew rapidly. I mean, I got 800 members in that group, private group. And in, in like two months. So it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing the way that people were looking for community and looking for things that spoke to them throughout that time of uncertainty. And so, um, you know, after just sitting and like allowing things to unfold and not really forcing things, I, I just paid attention to what was happening in the wine industry, which was a, a huge revolution that was taking place in America's wine scene after the George Floyd murder. I mean, you had a lot of diverse initiatives pop up, you know, organizations, nonprofits pop up, right. growth, you know, of uh, black wine producers. They've really increased their sales because of uh, just the awareness of industries that had in in inequities. And so I decided right. I wanted to tell this story. I, th I thought it was important. So I created Uncorked and Cultured and, and made it into a media platform and digital publication. And the whole intention is to connect black and brown audiences worldwide through wine, wellness, culture, and adventure, right? Right. So what are some of the ways your company amplifies those voices? Well, you know, it's a lot of different ways that we've done it. I mean, when you think about it, wine is one of the oldest industries in the world. <laughs> it's like one of the first, it seems like. And so, um, you know, first off, you know, we publish news articles and lifestyle articles around wine and around the producers, the, the story behind it, but then also the lifestyle that is wrapped around wine. And that's when the travel and wellness comes into place. Our first major thing that we did was publish a directory, a global directory of um, wine businesses owned by Black entrepreneurs. Um, we've also hosted consumer-based travel experiences all across the United States, and we're looking to expand that. In Maybe to Italy. <laughs> oh, yes, I would love that. Yes, definitely Italy. And, um, and then, you know, uh, we started producing um, trade summits. So we produced quite a few um, virtual trade summits. The first one we did, we supported um, a, a woman who launched the um, International Winemakers Summit. That was our first um, trade event that we did. It was super um, impactful for us. Um, then we produced the State of Black Wine Business Forum, which was huge. We was able to get over 600 uh, people watching the, um, the event live. Um, on YouTube. And then um, another, our last one that we did was um, the the Latinx Wine Summit, which we literally just did our second year of that in December. Um, so we're looking forward to keep keeping that rolling and, and um, coming up with more um, opportunities and experiences to connect um, people of color to wine. Yeah. And I had the chance to to see you at that event in Napa in person. And it, it was an incredible event, such a, Thank you. a great community. Um, community feeling at that event. So, um, Angela, in today's episode, you know, the, the series is, is Masterclass U.S. Wine Market. So we want to talk to professionals in the U.S. about what's happening in the industry um, in a number of, of different 
um, areas. So for today, we're focusing on marketing and communications. But more specifically, we want to speak to you about the importance of multicultural marketing and the opportunities for Italian wineries to market to, to more diverse audiences in the U.S. So for today's episode, our three key takeaways and what we really want to focus on with you are, number one, what is multicultural marketing and talking about the importance of it. Number two, understanding the value of BIPOC buying power as a wine consumer in the U.S. market and how that's changed and, and evolved in recent years as well. Uh, and finally, how to create authentic connections with BIPOC consumers through BIPOC wine professionals, influencers, and media like yourself. So lots of important things to discuss in today's episode, and, and we'll do a little recap quiz at the end to make sure we hit on I had all the key points, but I'm really excited to, to, to dive into this with you. So um, let's start with discussing the value and importance of multicultural marketing for the wine industry. Well, you know, one thing that I'll say, the value is very large and it's growing as the world changes, right? Um, the world is constantly moving towards more diverse uh, space, which means there's so many voices that need to be heard, so many perspectives that need to be understood, and so many communities that need to be tapped into. And effective multicultural marketing requires nuance, awareness, and authenticity to succeed, right? And I think these are three areas in which it's kind of subjective, right? <laughs> when you think about authenticity, what's authentic to you? Juliana is may not be the same when it comes to me, right? Same when it comes to nuance and awareness. And so uh, when it comes to um, consumers of color, the stakes are really high because in the United States, more than $3 trillion in combined wow. uh, buying power exists within the ethnic uh, minorities, right? Yeah. And so- Let's say that again, $3 trillion. I mean, that's a lot of buying power. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And so the consequences of any missteps, missed opportunities, or, you know, things like that can really have a large impact and longstanding, um, you know, impact on your business, right? And a lot of American brands has uh, have uh, understood that over the years. And so, you know, some of the things that I've been able to do is really work with um, one of my dear friends and sister in wine, Dr. Monique Bell, to really um, support the research she's been doing when it comes to um, Black and, and Latinx uh, wine consumption trends, entrepreneurship, and uh, wine professionals in, here in the U.S. market so that we could really get a better understanding of how to effectively engage uh, with consumers of color. So it's a lot of opportunity there. And um, I just want to make sure that, you know, people are aware that there's a huge gap and we just got to make sure that people understand that inclusivity is what guarantees sustainability. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for, you know, not just the Italian wine market, but a lot of global wine industries, the U.S. is arguably the most important market for, for many countries. So it, it's key to understand, of course, first where the opportunity is. But what we're going to dive into next is how to authentically engage with this audience as well in a way that's impactful and authentic back to kind of that the first point that you made. So let's talk a little bit more about the evolution of the BIPOC wine consumer in the U.S. Uh, you know, who are they today? What styles of wine are they drinking? How are they engaging with wine as well? What are they looking for in wine experiences? whether it's when they visit a retail shop or they go to a wine country and visit a winery? Great question. And, you know, to be honest with you, I'm going to say a lot more people are starting to get familiar with um, Italian wines. Um, you know, some of the work that I do, I've done just to keep 
my boss to the street is working part time a day or two at a wine shop here in Harlem, um, where it's literally very much community driven and it's really much rooted in the black community. And one of the things that I've, I've realized just from the year and a half that I was working there is how more, more and more people started coming in looking for Italian wines. And we had a pretty decent Italian section. And some of those uh, look like Prosecco. I think that's like the new uh, the new champagne. <laughs> of course. <laughs> because so many people have been coming in asking for Prosecco. Of course, Pinot Grigio. And I've learned that a lot of Black men tend to love, uh, not, not, I'm not going to say a lot, a lot, but I've had quite a few come in asking for Barolo. And that's like their exclusive wine of choice. So there's a... A great opportunity for um, wines of Italy to really immerse themselves in um, the U.S. market, particularly when it comes to uh, multicultural audiences because of, uh, you know, one, sustainability that that goes through there. And then, of course, the um, indigenous side of it, uh, the indigenous grapes. But what I'll say. Right. There's so much to explore. Exactly. So much to explore. It's an ongoing journey. So so what I'll say is as far as like when you're talking about the um, multicultural market and how they consume wine and where they're at in their wine journey, you know, when you think about multicultural alcohol beverage consumption, 77% drink wine one or three times a month. So that means 77% of alcohol beverage consumers have wine as a normal occurrence, you know, one or three, whether it's for an occasion, celebratory, things of that sort, but wine is definitely on the table, right? Um, we also learned that um, when it comes to spending money on wine, right, when it comes to purchasing a, a bottle of $20 or more, Black consumers are two times more likely to purchase a more expensive wine that's over $20 compared to other wine consumers. That's really interesting. And as we see, you know, premiumization trends continue to stay, we see that $20 price segment continue to grow, I think that's a, a really important point to, to think about that. They're twice as likely to purchase wines in that segment. That, that's really powerful. Yeah. And this is all done, you know, based off of data that was collected in 2014, um, as well as some uh, some recent um, work studies that were done in 2022 by the um, Wine Market Council. So all this information is accessible um, and, it's, and it's validated, right, based off of the research that's being done by the industry. Uh, one thing that is also interesting that I've noticed or that we've noticed when it comes to just like um, wine and BIPOC consumers, media trends. So here in the United States, just last year alone, three wine, three television shows debuted in January 2022 that focused on wine. It was the backdrop was wine, right. which was super interesting, right? Because um, this I don't think nothing like that's ever been done probably since like the 90s or 80s. And so there was uh, one show on OWN, which is Oprah Winfrey's network, called Kings of Napa. And that was a huge family drama. Just your typical soap opera, evening soap opera. It just talked about the drama of a family, a black family that owned a, a vineyard in Napa and the challenges that came with that when it comes to session planning, innovation, but then also competition, uh, which was really interesting. Another similar um, series that came out was on ABC called Promised Land, which was super cool. And it was about a Latinx um, family. Um, and it actually transitioned into Hulu. So that um, series is now still available to be watched on Hulu. And then one of my favorites is Grand Crew. Oh, I love that one. Which is a comedy, which I fell in love with because it was really about a, a group of friends, five friends, black friends who just talked about dating and just life in Los Angeles. But 
on the backdrop of wine, right? They would go to their local wine bar. They would try different wines. They even took a few wine trips. And so um, they really did a great job with integrating the wine experience in a really natural way, but then also giving brands an opportunity for visibility. Italian Wine Podcast, part of the Mama Jumbo Shrimp family. Right. Yeah, that's pretty interesting that those three shows came out all in 2022 alone, right? I think that also speaks to the changing nature of how wine is being consumed as media in the U.S. as well, right? It's not just about the the print publications, the critics anymore, but the media is coming out in a lot of different formats, including pop culture and shows. And, and that's really exciting to see. Absolutely, it is. And and part of that is influencing um the wine experiences that are looking for, that consumers are looking for. Um, one of the things, so since um, over the past year, we've been working with Napa Valley Vintners to really create a space for them to educate their members on the importance of multicultural audiences. And some of that work included bringing um, our, our, our audience, our diverse audience to the region, which included opportunities for them to capture um, content, capture, you know, articles to talk about the experience, of course, social media, things of that sort. But one of the really most fruitful things that came out of that um, for me, Jules, was an opportunity to be able to uh, do a training, an educational training, to be able to sit down, do a series of educational opportunities to bring um, a more fuller picture and resource to their members to really um, captivate an audience. And so, and, and also, through partnerships, of course, most importantly. And so it's super important, I think, to just mention that because um, they have seen some, 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 some more influx of diversity coming into the region since, since, um, since the work we've been doing together. But that, I'm not going to say it's because of us, because social media does have a lot to do with that as well. And it's a group and it takes a group effort. Yeah. And Angela, what would you say when you're speaking to, you know, these winery members in Napa? Because I think there's a lot of lessons that can be learned uh, for Italian wineries as well, as we know, they're, you know, Eno tourism is, is popular in Italy too. But what are some of the, the, the key points that are really resonating with them or that you felt were the, the you know most important when you were speaking to them about the winery experience in Napa Valley for multicultural audiences? So when it comes to creating a winery experience, one, you got to kind of really think inclusively, right? You got to really design your experience to be inclusive because representation matters and people want to feel like they belong, especially when it comes to the growth of millennial and gen Z consumers, they are the epitome of conscious consumers. So they're all, you know, so the ultimate goal is to get a greater sense of belonging amongst underrepresented groups. That's the only way for a pathway for consistent inclusion. So what did that was what does that look like? That looks like a few things, right? First, first and foremost, that looks like looking at your tasting room, looking at your decor, looking at your music, looking at the food, looking at so many different things. You know, we're talking about Italian producers, so of course. Italian pride is going to be front and center. We get it, right? We get it. But if everybody in Italy has the same level <laughs> of Italian pride, and it's, it sounds like it's going to be similar experiences everywhere you go. I think this is an opportunity for producers to really think outside the box, figure out what 
sets them different than some of their other, you know, colleagues uh, across the, the uh, region and, and check your bias, right? Like sometimes it does, you know, unconscious bias exists and a lot of it is um, formed by our environment. So it's in the culture that we live in. So it's like, what can, what can you do as a business owner and as a space that you want to attract more audiences? What can you do to, to lower that, that trigger, that personal trigger that may happen when it comes to, um, you know, having that disconnect, that cultural disconnect. What can you do, you know, what can you do to make it better? Um, some things is, you know, try to think about doing an internal checklist. Like how, you know, if you're, if we're going to Italy and we have so many rich Italian foods that you want to introduce your, your audience members or your attendees to, because that's your specialty, that's your culture you're rooted in. Maybe it might be an opportunity to, to offer inclusive food pairings um, during special days of the week or during special times of the year. So that way, if you have immigrants that work on your vineyard or, or, or opportunities to, to connect with other uh, cultures, how can you integrate some of that into your business through food, through hiring of multicultural and diverse staff, you know, and just creating a more uh, business culture? Another thing is advocate advocacy focused initiatives. How can you give back to feed into that inclusive ecosystem? Right, exactly. I think those are some really valuable lessons for, for our listeners about ways in which to make the winery experience more inclusive food, culture, your your staff, your employees, um, what you're doing outward as well for the community. And but shifting gears a little bit, what what can wi- Italian wineries do to take their their brands to market in the US to reach more inclusive and BIPOC consumers and, and how can they do it in an authentic way? So let's shift gears a little bit more looking towards marketing in the U.S. market for Italian wineries. No, good question. Good question. So um, when it comes to looking at engaging U.S. buyers or and U.S. audiences, I mean, there are a lot of niche um, spaces that look for um, sustainable, biodynamic, woman-owned, philanthrop- you know, philanthropy-focused brands. So if you know, even even if it's a woman winemaker, right, or a, someone of diverse background winemaker, um, that's a great way to kind of figure out how you can shift your business, how or how you can actually highlight maybe things that you've already been doing that just you don't lean into enough. Um, you know, focusing on how you can make small changes. You know, we don't expect you know we don't expect people to just do about attention and change your entire business, but like start integrating and thinking about the uniqueness that you bring when it comes, when it comes to more inclusivity. Another thing is partnerships, right? There's, there's the growth of multicultural winemakers are growing across the world, across the globe. I mean, South Africa, of course, is booming with um, winemakers uh, that are black as well as America and other, and I'm sure other regions. So maybe you have an opportunity to to release the collection, do a partnership with the collection with a with a BIPOC wine producer. I mean, um, Bosman Wines in South Africa has been successful in that. You know, there's especially if you have the bandwidth and the resources, do partnerships. It could all, it could start really small by doing partnerships where you're engaging these up and coming emerging winemakers and and and, and having them do. Um, harvest internships, but then maybe even have an opportunity to produce something there that can be under your umbrella and give them their first start. You know, there there's a lot of great programs that are doing immersive educational trips. Um, that's introducing um, you, United States folks to the um, to your region when it comes to wine professionals, wine media, and things of that sort that focus on people of color. 
Um, one other thing that I would suggest is looking at um, partnering with organizations um, in the U.S. that are, pe- you know, focused on um, supporting and providing resources and advocating for people of color that you can possibly give back to. Uh, maybe you could do a partnership where you're either, whether it's donating wine, whether it's giving a percentage of proceeds, you know, or what have you, just being proactive and looking for ways to enter this conversation in a, in a, in an organic and non-transactional way. Um, it's so easy for us to like, see, oh, we got to get these sales. We got to be about the business and, and, and focus on the transaction. But that's where it's, it's really could be a missed opportunity when it comes to long, sustainable relationship building. Yeah, I think that last point you mentioned is key, that it's, it's not just transactional, that it's, it's authentic, it's meaningful, it's impactful. So um, you gave a lot, of, a lot of other great ideas there for ways in which you know, Italian wineries might be able to engage in an authentic way, whether it's through uh, apprenticeship programs, partnering with organizations in the U.S. that reach multicultural consumers, um, putting forward different immersive programs and training programs. Obviously, Italian wineries and producers have such a wealth of knowledge uh, to, to share. So kind of sharing some of that that knowledge and, and those skills with, with new audiences is, is a really great idea. Yeah, no, and absolutely. And just to kind of look at it more from a consumer side, so, say for, so with those type of kind of more industry, kind of like rooted in your business suggestions that I gave, when you look at it from a more consumer side, you know, it's about creating effective multicultural campaigns, right? And this can look like a multicultural influencer campaign, you know, putting together a program where you are out, you know, doing outreach and engagement to influencers and media of color that can really help create some organic traction, Yep. right? That, that'll take a lot of work uh, to really be authentic, though, because you're going to have to do a lot of research on the influencer and or the um, outlet, the media outlet to really identify what their voice is. And you have to also make sure that you allow room for trust, because sometimes, you know, as a brand, it's really easy to say, well, this is our brand message. This is what we do. This is how we've always been doing it. But when you're entering into a new market, there there has to be some room for um, flexibility to be able to let that person who would be at that point uh, um, subject matter expert in the culture to be able to connect in their way and 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 have that connection in their way because that's where you know it's going to be more authentic. Absolutely. And speaking about reaching people in an authentic way, whether it's influencers or media. Talk to us a little bit more about how Italian wineries might engage with you and Uncorked and Cultured as a resource to expand their market in the U.S. Thank you for that. Well, it, you know, of course, doing an educational series is always part of it, right? Doing some type of multicultural training is part of what we do in our business. But what we really focus on when it comes to connecting with the audiences is um, experiences. You know, being able to, you know, host a, a group experience, whether it's with influencers, um, for content capture, for storytelling, to have a story published on our platform, um, to just having consumers just, you know, come in and experience high and wine country for the first time. There's so many great opportunities. Uh, one thing that um, we do do is we do have a YouTube channel that we focus on of an array of series. And, you know, a lot of them either focus on diversity or focus on uh, exploring unique wine regions or highlighting different up and coming and emerging wine talent. So there's always a great opportunity right. um, to come up with uh, some content ideas around uh, engaging really niche consumers. Of course, consumers that travel, 
consumers uh, of of both Latinx and black, you know, black black heritage. But then also when it comes to women versus men, like I feel like right now when it comes to Italian wines, yep. you know, oh, yeah. women, a lot of women in America are drinking a lot of Prosecco. <laughs> and so sparkling, I think is, is something that I'm interested in. I would love to do a sparkling tour of Italy and be able to bring. Oh yeah. That sounds like a blast. Our audience there and maybe even some of our celebrity friends to do something fun. Yeah. Well, awesome. That's again, I think a lot of, a lot of great ideas in here and, and, and some, some great ways that our audience can engage with you as well. So um, as we wrap up, we want to end with our little quiz. So just to bring home some of the key points, Angela, you shared so much great information with us today. So just to kind of hit hit these points home, I'm going to ask question a few questions. And if you can try to answer in, in one sentence or less, I know these are, are big questions, but just to give our listeners a, a few key takeaways for, for the episode today on, on multicultural marketing. So first question why should Italian wine producers make multicultural marketing a priority for the U.S. market? Diversity is good for business. So multicultural marketing will be a solution to the growth, sustainability, and cool factor of your business as you engage with more diverse audiences. Beautiful. I don't think anyone could have summed that up better in, a, in one sentence. That's fantastic. Number two, what types of Italian wines are most commonly consumed by black wine drinkers? Well, Prosecco. Prosecco and Prosecco. So, <laughs> so I will add to that Pinot Grigio, Sangiovese, I think is a good one, Chianti. And, you know, I'm starting to see an, an increase of interest um, in Barolo as well. Right. Fantastic. All right. And finally, how can Italian wineries authentically connect with BIPOC consumers in the U.S.? Italian wineries can authentically connect with consumers of color through ambassador programs, through working with wine professionals, through working with... Um, media companies like Uncorked and Cultured, of course, looking into the multicultural network um, of influencers that exist that's constantly growing, um, but then also just taking the time to educate themselves on what the multicultural audience is in the United States. And that's something that will truly um, captivate a, a level of first level of authenticity um, is by doing the work and the resource, the research, but then also making sure you're partnering with the right people that represent the culture you want to tap into to authentically engage and then to also trust them. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Angela. This was an incredible conversation and you shared so many important uh, lessons for our audience, um, ideas, inspiration. So really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. How can our, our listeners find you? You can always go to Instagram, Uncorked and Cultured. That, uh, on Instagram. And then, of course, our website, uncorkedandculture.com. Um, we're always putting some amazing uh, content on our YouTube page. So definitely looking to grow that audience. And uh, it, I think it's probably the most fun way that you can engage with us is by watching the experiences that we've created and we've participated in. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks again, Angela, for joining us today on the Italian Wine Podcast. And thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. Thank you for joining me today. Stay tuned each week for new episodes of Masterclass U.S. Wine Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. And remember, if you enjoyed today's show, hit the like and follow buttons wherever you get your podcasts.